A few weeks ago, I read the gospel in prose for you as written by Milton Vincent in his book, A Gospel Primer. Today I'd like to read for you the gospel as written in poetry. But before I begin, a quote from C.J. Mahaney. Never be content with your current grasp of the gospel. The gospel is life-permeating, world-altering, universe-changing truth. It has more facets than a diamond. Its depths man will never exhaust. Here is that diamond. Beholding the heavens, I now understand. God measured them all with the breadth of his hand. He fashioned the trillions of stars in the sky, the sun and the moon he established on high. All heaven and earth which he made in six days show daily and nightly his merit of praise. So wondrously caring is God every day, creating, sustaining my life every way. Each breath I intake, every beat of my heart, all pleasures well tasted are his to impart. Indeed, for such blessings he should be adored and honored supremely as eminent Lord. In fact, for this purpose he brought me to be, that I might his glory and kindliness see, and cherish him fully in all of my days, obeying with pleasure whatever he says, fulfilling the calling he's laid upon me to show forth his glory deliberately. Yet I could not fail God much worse than I've done, ignoring his glory, for mine I have run. I've spurned a life under his wisdom and care, begrudged him the throne, and pretended me there. A prideful and lust-laden path I have trod, transgressing all ten great commandments of God. My foolish rebellion gives God every right to damn me with haste to the miserable plight of terrible judgments in his lake of fire where wrath is most fierce and will never expire. With wickedest sinners I truly should know the worst of hell's furies for failing God so. So this is my status and these are my flaws. Apart from Christ Jesus and his saving cause, I carry sin's guilt and am gripped by its power, held fast to its various lusts every hour, deserving of flames both within and without, and sliding toward hell as I toss all about. Too reprobate even to play a small part in clearing my record or changing my heart, to pacify wrath and be worthy of grace, to make myself lovely and win God's embrace. Completely condemned by God's law in its whole, I've nothing to offer to ransom my soul. But wonder of wonders, so great to behold, my God chose to save me with methods so bold. What I could not render, God fully has done. And doing it, he rendered it all through his Son. He sent Christ to die on the cross for my sin, to suffer my anguish, my pardon to win. Amazing it is when I stop to regard that God would consent to an anguish so hard, surrendering his Son unto mayhem and death, to torturous writhing till his final breath. Why does God forsake me? Alone Jesus cried. Yet God left him hanging until he had died. That Jesus was willing his life to lay down, be scourged and insulted and wear thorny crown, for one such as I who had spited God so, 
amazes and blesses and makes me to know that greater a lover has no man than he who laid down his life for a sinner like me. Now after Christ died, he was placed in a tomb, which first was a grave but then served as a womb, travailing and quaking the third day he was raised and brought forth by God to be handled and praised, the firstborn from death. On that day emerged he, with power to save to the utmost degree. At God's own right hand, Christ now reigns from on high, a friend in high places to sinners who cry to him for forgiveness their evils confessed. He gives them a pardon and then makes them blessed. As prince, he is savior to all who believe, who come to him humbly his grace to receive. Now when my time came and to Jesus I cried, he gave me the pardon for which I had sighed. He cleansed me completely from wrongs I had done, released me from bondage to sins, everyone. He shattered sin's chains which had held me before and thus made me free not to sin anymore. A child of the Father he made me to be and gave me his spirit as his guarantee that being God's child I will one day obtain a heavenly treasure that will never wane while in me the Spirit gives power and love and sweet premonitions of glory above. In saving, God also did justify me, accounting me righteous by his own decree, declaring me guiltless of all of my sin and bringing his wrath against me to an end. This wrath Christ appeased in full brunt on the tree, when bearing my sin he endured it for me. So now God relates to me only with grace, the former wrath banished without any trace, and each day I made a bit more as I should, his grace using all things to render me good. Yes, even in trials, God's grace abounds too, and does me the good he assigns it to do. And when I am sinning, God's grace does abound, ensuring my justified status is sound. No wrath is awakened in God at my sin, because Christ appeased it to say so again. God's heart pulses only with passionate grace, which jealously wants me back in his embrace. God does not require even that I confess before he desires his forgiveness to press. Forgiveness has been in his heart all along, and when I approach him to make right my wrong, he runs up to greet me and draws to me near, embracing and kissing and ready to clear. God does see my sins, and he grieves at them so. For when I am sinning, his love I don't know. He even will send me some heart-rending pain, so I'll learn new ways and his holiness gain. His disciplines always are with love imbued, a love that seeks ever my ultimate good. So this is my story, ongoing it is. How shall I thank God for this gospel of his? A gift that keeps giving the gospel confers the bounty of heaven each time I rehearse. Deserve it? I don't, on my holiest day. But this is salvation, and herein I'll stay.